Hello and welcome back to the show. So today's episode, real quick, I want to cover this as fast as possible. But basically, it's a pre-recording that I plan on making a YouTube video out of. If you want to keep up to date with my YouTube channel, check out the link below. Uh, but basically, I cover a video that Ben did for PragerU about his new book. But in this video, he covers way more focused on like the history and the history of how the ideas transitioned and supposed West and how he kind of basically constructed his own history, I guess you could say. So basically, I wanted to address that video because it focuses on other things I didn't focus on on my book review of his. So it's basically what I'm trying to say is it's new content. But like I said, we'll get right into that. And also, if you want to support me on Patreon, check out the link below to have the bonus episode feed. And also check out the Discord. I made the Discord public. So if you want to check that out and uh, kind of have more philosophy content. But anyway, let's get to the show. Thanks. Hello and welcome back to the show. So Ben Shapiro did a PragerU video about his new book, The Right Side of History. The PragerU video is called, Why Has the West Been So Successful? I know dunking on a PragerU video, very common on YouTube, but someone needs to do it. And I feel like I'm not a partisan hack, so maybe it provides some unbiased bonus points for my credibility with you, the uh, the viewer. Anyway, I'll try to provide some verifiable criticisms of this video. So in this video, I'll be providing some critiques on Ben's misunderstanding slash warping of history, values, and philosophy. So if you enjoy the video, consider liking and subscribing, but let's do it. Western civilization. It's been around for a while, but suddenly everybody is talking about it. Some are anxious to save it. Others are happy to see it go. But what exactly is Western civilization? So I won't spoil Ben's plot here, but I want to say that I think it's it's hard to pinpoint what exactly Western civilization is. See, let's see if, if he can do it in, in a five-minute PragerU video. Also, the video title, Why Has Western Civilization Been So Successful? It immediately assumes Western culture is not connected or influenced by other cultures throughout history. The West isn't owned by the West, so to speak. It's not a singular entity that popped up. It had influence from around the world, like every other powerful civilization we've had in history. Maybe it's being a nit, little bit nitpicky, but I think it's a fair point that needs addressing by Ben. Is it the great cathedrals of Europe or the Nazi concentration camps? Is it the freedoms secured in the U.S. Constitution or chattel slavery? Life-saving medicines or poison gas? The left likes to focus on the bad, genocide, slavery, environmental destruction. But those have been present in every civilization from time immemorial. The positives are unique. So this is simply whataboutism. If we are going to end up talking about what makes Western civilization so great, shouldn't we address the dark times, even though everyone has them? The West. Religious tolerance, abolition of slavery, universal human rights, the development of the scientific method. These are accomplishments of a scope and scale that only the West can claim. Okay, for one, religious tolerance, I always wonder where this argument comes from. Throughout Western civilizations, we have this recurring theme in history of once a religion gains power, they persecute other religions. Then another gains power and repeat and repeat. This is not a history of religious tolerance. And these Judeo-Christian values were not dominant throughout Western history. So that 
at least should be addressed. Christianity had a dark history of maintaining and controlling the the narrative of history, just like every other religion. I mean, look at the history of fighting over Jerusalem. It's a bloodbath of religions fighting over their perceived objective truth, a history of genocide, exile, and forced conversion, not tolerance. And for the, the other three, abolition of slavery has had a muddy up and down history in Western civilization of slavery being accepted. This goes for the East as well. Both the East and the West have a dark history with slavery and there's no way around it. At what point in time does Western civilization stop being much like every powerful civilization become the great and unique place that uh, Ben claims? Also, take Zoroastrianism. I practiced this name before the video and I still think I messed it up. But anyway, it's an ancient religion that is still active today. It's not part of the the typical Western civilization. I bring it up because this faith-based religion was against slavery. They actually barely understood the concept. I also bring them up because they likely had influence over Ben's Judeo-Christian values as they believed in this good versus evil, monotheism, free will, and the idea of heaven and hell. My point is, Ben claims these certain values are unique only to Western civilization. This is just not true because we can connect influence from various civilizations and cultures from all over the world. Now, let's take this point on universal human rights and development of the scientific method. I myself am going to do some small oversimplification, but the Enlightenment was a, a time for development developing both human rights and the scientific method. Okay, but for Ben to say it's something unique to being only a Western accomplishment would mean only the West could have developed it. I will provide just one example. Confucianism, the works of Confucius, is left out by Ben. Confucius had major influence over the development of thought for the Western thinkers of from Leibniz and, and Voltaire, Western civilization thinkers, thinkers that had influence over the values in the West. The Confucius translations had major influence over European culture. They were interested in the system of morality being put forward by him, a value system that came from Eastern civilization. Huh, maybe Ben should have mentioned that, right? I mean, plus Voltaire in particular was influenced by Confucian rationalism, which you can reasonably connect with the scientific method. My point is these viewpoints are not unique to Western civilization per se. We can trace a lot of our values, thinking, and history as being influenced from cultures all across the world, not just the West. Let's see what else Ben has to say. These aren't the only achievements that make the West special and uniquely successful. As Western thought evolved, it secured the rights of women and minorities, lifted billions of people out of poverty, and invented most of the modern world. So women, so women had to wait until 1920 to get the right to vote. How can you call this beacon of light for Western civilization when we took so long to establish this? Also, China has lifted billions out of poverty. They didn't need to be part of Western civilization to do this and have those Western civilization values. Now, Ben's statement about the modern world, assuming what has been formulated as the modern world is a good thing. I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but it's it's an oversimplification to call modern times special. In reality, it could very well be and likely 
more likely is just another point in history. If we know anything from history, Western civilization will likely be replaced by another civilization and be judged from a new perspective that will likely not see us nearly as special as we think we are. This, that, is a, that is a true lesson we can learn from history. Progress hasn't been a straight line, of course, but the arc of history is clear. The obvious proof is that the world is overwhelmingly Western. And, with few exceptions, those parts of the world that aren't aspire to be. Okay, see, the problem with saying that is they don't aspire to be Western, per se. I've I've tried to establish that value systems are interconnected all across the world and all throughout history. Other cultures are not inspired by the West. They are inspired by the great minds from all across the world throughout history. I mean, Eastern philosophy was developing the ideas of not killing, stealing, and lying basic moral principles throughout history. It's not unique to pinpoint it to Western civilization. That's my point. Why? Why has Western civilization been so successful? There are many reasons, but the best place to start is with the teachings and philosophies that emerged from two ancient cities, Jerusalem and Athens. Okay, so this this phrasing is honestly frustrating. Ben is narrowing the scope of history and ideas to fit the narrative he wants to spread. He is setting up the context to call everything he thinks is good a western idea and anything bad is oh they're they were just they were just influenced by someone else and not actually western. Anything to wiggle out of responsibility for ideas in history that doesn't fit his narrative. Jerusalem represents religious revelation as manifested in the Judeo-Christian tradition. The beliefs that a good God created an ordered universe and that this God demands moral behavior from his paramount creation, man. Okay, Ben is making a big assumption here. Judeo-Christian values being the, the foundation of Western civilization. My question is, where is he getting that? It's such an empty assertion. You can't pin our values back at one point in history. So it's basically saying that before Ben's desired point in history, that nothing was being developed. What about all the ideas being put forward before Jerusalem, before Greece, or the ideas all throughout the world going on all at once? Where do those go? Plus, this is the unavoidable problem of Ben persistent, being persistent persistent about this idea of the West. So it started in Greece, right? Made it to Jerusalem then went on over to Western Europe, then hopped on a boat to America. That's kind of the gist of what I get out of this. So is the West a spirit that jumps around? Europe had it. Now the West has it. How do we follow this Western spirit in history? Did the Middle East just not have it for some reason? And if not, why? Uh, Also, why is Ben leaving out the Middle East? See, they are part of Western civilization. The Middle East has a strong history in the, the Abrahamic tradition, Islam. Yes, if we are calling Judeo-Christian Western, then Islam fits the definition that Ben put forward for what is Western civilization. The other city, Athens, represents reason and logic as expressed by the great Greek thinkers, Plato and Aristotle and many others. These two ways of thinking, revelation and reason, live in constant tension. Judeo-Christian religion posits that there are certain fundamental truths handed down to us by a transcendent being. We didn't invent these truths. We received them from God. So this is frustrating. I'm going to, I'll cover a lot here. So 
Again, oversimplified. Athens was influenced by non-Western culture such as Eastern philosophy and a big one, Egyptian civilization. A big one being the Egyptian understanding of mathematics and geometry, so which is a guiding principle for reason and logic. Yeah, because one lacks reason for belief. One relies on faith over reason. That's the only tension I really see here. The rules he lays down for us are vital for building a functioning moral civilization and for leading a happy life. Okay, verify that. Plus, if these truths were handed down by God, why have they changed since their discoveries? Also, why did God wait to provide them? Humans were around hundreds of thousands of years before these Judeo-Christian truths were magically discovered. Shouldn't we have a more patent answer for the long wait? Greek thinking posits that we only know truth by what we observe, test, and measure. It is not faith but fact that drives our understanding and exploration of the universe. Western civilization, and only Western civilization, has found a way to balance both religious belief and human reason. Here's how the balance works. The Judeo-Christian tradition teaches that God created an ordered universe and that we have an obligation to try to make the world better. This offers us purpose and suggests that history moves forward. Most pagan religions taught the opposite, that the universe is illogical and random and that history is cyclical. History just endlessly repeats itself, in which case, why bother to innovate or create anything new? Okay, I'm sorry, but this is really bad. So, sure, Christianity believes in an ordered universe, but I don't know if I would say the obligation to try and make the world better is in there, or you could you could connect that, I guess. Obligations for how to treat other people, yes. Uh, but this understanding does not suggest that history moves forward. And the idea of economic growth, for example, societal growth and progress, was non-existent prior to the Renaissance. So if you asked a Christian in the middle, the Middle Ages what the world will be like in a few hundred years, they would either be confused by the question or straight up tell you it will look a lot like it is currently during the Middle Ages. No change. So take this example. A game that was popular during the Middle Ages was chess, still popular today. Now, the concept of chess can be boiled down to zero, the zero-sum game, where if I win some battles, you lose some. The resource pie is finite. Innovation and progress are not possible without your opponent losing something of the pie. But I also have a limit to how far I can progress because the pie is limited. Chess represents the mindset prior to the Renaissance. So the idea of finite resources, the belief that today will look a lot like tomorrow. And if I win, you lose. So now today you have games like Civilization, Sid Meier's Civilization. Great game, by the way, where 15 minutes instantly turns into three hours. This game represents the new modern viewpoint. You invest resources to make innovations and progress. The pie isn't limited. It has become the mindset that I can win and you can win. I can progress infinitely and you can progress infinitely. Everyone is making investments for the future. This idea of crediting towards the future. My point is, the idea of growth is more connected to economic and scientific theories and innovations that came after major discoveries in both of these fields. Hundreds of years after the discovery of Judeo-Christian beliefs, making this future-focused mindset not a not a Christianity or Judeo-Christian foundational value. 
As for his point about pagan views, for one, we don't know the vast amount of viewpoints in various pagan religions. Kind of the, the part of pagan religions is there's a lot of them and we just don't have the written history of them. But I would call Judeo-Christian or Western faith pretty cyclical, has been also referred to. But my main criticism is his point about pagan faiths altogether. Athens, that Ben claims to be such a, a great place filled with reason, was pagan. They also believed in a logical order and an all-around ordered universe. It's how they justified slavery in large part. They might not have focused on the whole God part as much, but nonetheless, they pushed forward the idea of this natural God-like order of the universe, everything having a natural purpose. This is far from the chaotic mindset that Ben just tried to put forward. This is where Christianity likely got the idea as well. There we go again with the the, uh, connectedness again. Lastly, I find his point odd about the this ordered universe. The consensus starting back during the Enlightenment and the Renaissance in the scientific community is the universe is chaotic. It's logical to the extent it follows certain laws of physics, but still chaotic. But not this normal or this sorry, this natural order and harmony that Ben is alluding to driven by God. I think he should have at least addressed this issue. Second. Judeo-Christian tradition teaches that every human is created in the image of God. That is, each individual's life is infinitely valuable. This seems self-evident to us now, but only because we have lived with this belief for so long. The far more natural belief is that the strong should subjugate the weak, which is precisely what people did in nearly every society in all of history. Only by recognizing the divine in others did we ever move beyond this amoral thinking toward the concern for human rights, democracy, and free enterprise that characterize the West. Okay, I I get what he's saying here to an extent. I plan to do an entire episode about the transition between Athenian, the Athenian worldview into the Abrahamic Abrahamic monotheistic religions. But to oversimplify for the sake of time, let's just say this idea was a reaction to the Athenian and Roman worldview that's centered on this might makes right which they used to justify slavery, like I said. But the Judeo-Christian ideas of human rights, democracy, and free enterprise came much later. It seems ridiculous to attribute it to this religion. Are we supposed to believe that these values waited over a thousand years to develop this free thinking? Plus, where is he getting these within the doctrines? Many of them seem counter to the principles. Two examples being the church's dark history towards gay marriage and views on women's rights. Or maybe Ben should just admit that the more accurate interpretation of history is the Western transition was caused by something else entirely. Or at least, at the very least, many various aspects can include religious faith. But Judeo-Christian religion alone didn't build our modern civilization. We also required Greek reason to teach us objective observation that man has the capacity to search beyond revelation for answers. Wait, what? Did Ben just admit that Judeo-Christian values is just a narrative here? Beyond revelation, isn't the point of revelation to know everything about God's universe? And when was going beyond revelation with reason accepted by Western civilization? Because the fact is, it wasn't for most of history. Renaissance thinkers such as Copernicus had a difficult time expressing discoveries and having them accepted because of the closed-minded church that would threaten to kill you if you threatened their authority. A faith-based church that thought they knew all there is to know, and if they don't know something, God will tell them or they can go to Scripture for the answer. 
Greek reason brought us the notion of the natural law, the idea that we could discover the natural purpose, the telos, of everything in creation by looking to its character. Human beings were created with the unique capacity to reason. Therefore, our telos was to reason. By investing reason with so much power, Greek thought became integral to the Western mission. Nowhere is this more perfectly expressed than in the American Revolution, in which the founding fathers took the best of the European Enlightenment, with its roots in Greek thought, and the best of Judeo-Christian practice, with its roots in the Bible, and melded them into a whole new political philosophy. Again, this is an oversimplification. This was not a whole new political philosophy. It was following the thinkers from around the world and various changing perspectives throughout the world. Saying it's a whole new political philosophy is wrong at best and more likely just disingenuous. Without Judeo-Christian values, we fall into scientific materialism, the belief that physical matter is the only reality, and therefore also fall into nihilism, the belief that life has no meaning, that we are merely stellar dust in a cold universe. My point would be, well, what if we are? I'm not going to get into this because I did in my last video, but he's attempting a bad argument against atheism and secular moral systems. He's putting forward the idea that you need God in order to be moral. That's just not true. Without Greek reason, we fall into fanaticism, the belief that fundamentalist adherence to unprovable principles represents the only path toward meaning. I mean, at least he's admitting his religious narratives are not provable, but I'm also confused, so... Why should we follow them? It's not like their moral principles are superior to some other reason-based moral systems we have. We can see that by how they've warped into modern interpretations of morality. The Soviet Union, Communist China, and other socialist tyrannies rejected faith and murdered 100 million people in the 20th century. No, they didn't. I've discussed this on my podcast and my last video, but avoiding the religious part, strict faith in an ideology has religious overtones in the language of absolute right and wrong. Much of the modern Muslim world has embraced faith, but rejected reason. It's noteworthy that when the Muslim world did embrace Greek reason from the 8th to the 14th centuries, it was a leading center for scientific advancement. This is his best point yet. Uh, props for being willing to admit it, I guess. So again... We need both Jerusalem and Athens, revelation and reason. And yet many want to reject both. These people call themselves progressives. Ironically, they want to take us backwards to a time when man was governed neither by reason nor faith, but by feeling, and therefore back to a time of moral chaos and disorder of feeling over fact. It would be a fatal mistake to follow the progressives. Stick with Athens and Jerusalem. I'm Okay. What? Just throwing in that progressive stuff and the feelings. I'm sorry, but this, this came out of nowhere. I actually did read his book. I find it confusing why he did this weird progressive only care about feelings move for this video. He focused more on uh, switching to reason alone again in his book than only caring about feelings. And this is filled with oversimplification again and warping of history to fit his worldview. I don't know if he's being purposely dishonest to spread his conservative religious propaganda or if he genuinely believes all he said is true. I also think Ben is following this odd warping of collective memory. When looking at history, he's looking back into the past and seeing only what he wants to see, then creating a myth that justifies the beliefs he holds, allowing him to morally flex, so to speak, about the superiority of the West mainly because of his narrow dis dissection of history. Admittedly, this strategy unites groups, but it perpetuates a Western myth to justify our situation and actions, even when they are negative. Because I find things become 
justified as long as it's perceived as helping the West to, to live on, the Western myth. At the end of the day, Ben's history is wrong. His Judeo-Christian values are not from God, but instead created by humanity. And we will continue to create fictions in order to help us coexist, but we cannot pretend fictions hold more truth simply because it was in the right place in the right time. Ben is afraid to live in a reality where his subjective proclamations about the West, moral values, and understanding of history don't hold true. He will never admit it to himself, but Ben needs to recognize the multitude of influences and interconnectedness from around the world, not just the West, that played a role in formulating the values and viewpoints Ben holds today. Only then will he be on the right side of history. Thanks for joining me. Leave a comment below for further discussion. Thanks.